This week on the Pushball Legs podcast, presented by Bear Bells, we dive into the argument of machines versus free weights. What happened in Brett Contreras' No Barbell experiment? And there are some stupid coffee products and ridiculous football training happening in the media this week. Three, two, one. Look out, Dan's dieting. Hey guys, welcome to the Push Poor Legs podcast with myself, Dan Meek. And me, Tom Hall. What's going on, Daniel? Tom reckons he knows that I'm dieting because I just said, oh yeah, let's get this podcast done quick, you know, nice short and snappy one. <laughs> you know, there's me thinking of you guys, you know, you don't want to be listening to us ramble on for too long. So just so you know, all the long podcasts, it's Tom's fault. Basically, Dan just got angry at me pre-production, uh, um, just not starting it cool. Starting well, fast. You know, if, yeah. I get angry at you all the time. <laughs> mate. I'm dieting all the time. If that was the case, I'm dieting. You are dieting twenty four seven all the time. Yeah, but yeah, you're on yeah. five days of prep, and he's already already got his top oh. off. I don't know why people moan. It's easy. Mate. <laughs> it's easy to dieting. So easy. It's not hard, mate. I've been on low calories, and I'm feel buzzing. I'm full of energy. Feel good. <laughs> so uh, it's the person yeah. who we were just looking for. What getting delivered by Locado? Mate, all right. So, this is we need to have a, a serious chat now. And and the way I got around it was that I said that they that I didn't think they were currently sold, and we're wrong. So in the cereal <laughs> in the cereal charts, we obviously you know went through the cereals, and and I stand by what we said. However, there is one cereal that I have not had for years, and I didn't even know still existed, um, which should be is number one instantly. Um, is crunching up bites. They were like rectangular shape, like cuboid, sorry, technical term cuboid shaped. And they were incredible. Better than Crunching Up Clusters, better than the Wheat Bix Minis. Um, And I didn't think they sold them anymore. And then before we came on air, listen to me on air, fucking (laughs) hell, before we started recording, um, we, I just looked, Tom did a little quick search on a card there and was like, yeah. They're on there. You can buy them now. As of today, Amazon Pantry—they're all over the place. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. So uh, I went on a cardo and realised I had to spend forty quid to even get the cereal. So I didn't buy them yet because <laughs> um, I'm dying as well. Um, but if anyone's feeling really generous, buy some. You could send them to me if you want, or <laughs> buy some and do a review. You normally yeah. shop at a cardo. I don't. Tom obviously does because um, <laughs> he earns a fortune working in London. Um, so you know maybe he can do it and give us a little review because they are they are immense. They are absolutely immense. To be fair. Um, so yeah, that was a uh, that was what we chatted about before we came <laughs> that on. Was and about. I'm a bit angry and a bit annoyed. I'm a bit angry and annoyed now because they were such a great cereal. And I feel like I've let them down, and I feel like I really want some now as well. I really want some. Hmm. Interesting, mate. Well done. Um, <laughs> you didn't need to sort that out. So we'll, we'll give a rundown of what today um, is going to be about. We, well, had a little slight discussion. Um, I think we will talk about, because Brett Contreras finished his, uh, we did mention it maybe six weeks ago, um, six, seven weeks ago on the show, that he did a, uh, a little experiment on uh, machines versus kind of, well, not just doing on machines. So we thought we'd have a little breakdown of machines versus free weights versus barbells and give it a kind of a, a gist of what we what we like doing, what we do, um, where we go with it. If there's any, if people don't know, um, we'll give a good outline of what they're meant to be for exactly. And then I know there's some like preachers that literally don't step on machines, um, which we thoroughly pissed off before um which is always funny so we'll, we'll give a good good outline of why would we would use any of them um yeah and i was going to give a, uh, a review of a little boxology so i'll do that very quickly um and i think dan <laughs> you thought it was quite funny about the skinny the uh i use quotation marks in the skinny coffee club has been uh, doing the rounds which is uh <sighs> fairly interesting yeah. I, I don't know if we'll talk about that at the end uh after after our uh, a free weight chat. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, too long. Didn't read of it. Is like black coffee has no calories in anyway. Like, what yeah, the fuck? Just so it was just quite funny. I'll read some of the stuff from there, and uh, we got some stupid things in the internet. We need to post out on the uh, push pull group. So get in that group, mm. and you will see the video that we're going to post out, and then everybody can give their uh, review of it, um, basically. And if, as you know, both me and Dan have worked in football. 
just a little peek. It's we've never done these things. Probably tr people have tried, I'm sure, and, and uh, been like, "This is ridiculous." And not probably hold their hand up, but yeah. Damn, Brett Contreras. Should we should we get a, a little synopsis of what he was doing before? So, what Brett did was a no barbell experiment, um, and the essential thing he was looking at was strength on his squat, his deadlift, and his hip thrusts. Of course, it was his hip thrust as well. Um, so he, he he set about doing eight weeks, um, but he only did five, uh, basically. So what he did was shall I list every single thing he did. We've got Smith Machine squats, Leave Machine squats, Smith Machine good mornings, Leave Machine good mornings, Hammer Strength deadlifts, Smith Machine deadlifts, Dumbbell SL RDLs, Hack squats, Smith Machine hip thrusts, Leg Curl Machines hip thrusts, <laughs> Banded hip thrusts, a lot of hip thrusts, 45 degree hypers, Kettlebell swings, Glute ham raises, Nordic ham curls, Leg presses, Frog pumps, Leg extensions, Lion leg curls, Kneeling leg curls, Side lying hip raises, Seated hip abductions. Those are the guys that he was using. So if he anybody fucking loves legs, doesn't he? He, he yeah, just dicks all over it. So um, he is one of the also one of the only people that I've known to do like a, a bicep curl and a power like some sort of lifting competition, like strict bicep curl competition. It's really Strong. weird. Like you have to you have to like stand against. Uh, so it's a barbell. You stand against the wall and then to curl the barbell with that like properly subtracted. It's really odd. Um, yeah, like CD Fletcher. He loves that. Right. Well, it's it's just very odd to see in a competition. Um, yeah, so some would argue probably probably a better competition than a powerlifting. <laughs> some would argue that, yeah. Some, mm. um, yeah. So they, we, they were, he was looking at his squat, his deadlift, and his hip thrusts. Um, so all in all, do you think it would have made a difference? So he was doing basically no barbell work to increase his barbell lifts. Yeah, I mean, I I think it would have made a huge difference. And I'd have thought, to be honest, from seeing the results, it would have been a lot more than it was. Um, obviously, within that, he's still working those muscle groups. He's still training them hard. He's still going to be eating in a surplus, that sort of stuff. So, um, you know, those sorts of things will help. But I, I do think there's an element of specificity that I just don't think you can replicate with certain things. And I think that when we go into the results of it, I think we can see why he got better results on one lift than the other two and it's because they're easy to re e easier to replicate yeah. um, with different machines and stuff like that um, so I, I can tell if you want to I don't mind I haven't got the results in front of me but his, <laughs> um, his squat went up right was it 20 pounds his squat went up by about 20 pounds and then his deadlift, his deadlift and hip, and his hip went down by 40 pounds yeah so and, and, the, and the other thing with that as well just on that is it doesn't sound, it sounds bigger than it is, but I think if you actually worked out as percentages, I bet they'd be pretty similar, increase and decrease. So obviously with his hip thrust and deadlift, he can lift more load than he can on his squat, right? Yeah. If I'd imagine his squat overall is probably half his deadlift or his hip thrust, certainly. Um, I think he can hip thrust some stupid, like he, 700 he, pounds. He can, yeah, he can hip thrust about 760. I know he can deadlift uh, about, what did he say to us? I think when he, because he was pulling say sumo, a uh, chat into about it, it was about six thirty pounds, I think. But his, his, yeah. his he's not a good. So he, imagine the, the only thing with Brett as well, he's not a good. He's a good squatter, but he's not a great squatter. Uh, he can he can only do four hundred, four hundred eighty, maybe four hundred ninety pounds around <laughs> only, there. Only, only. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I think that's the. I think so. That's the. That's the. One of the first things to remember is I think if you worked out the percentages, the actual percentage decrease of his deadlift and hip for us would, uh, wouldn't would be as drastic as it looks when you say like 20 kilos off. Yeah. Um, but I think it's also just because it's quite hard to replicate lifting a shit ton of weight off the floor yeah. and it's not and it's easier to replicate having a bar on your back or weight on your back and then squatting up and down with it. So you had like the lever squat machines. Now, if you've ever used a lever squat machine, you'll know that it's pretty similar to squatting. Um, you can probably actually go a little bit heavier than squatting. Um, so, therefore, it's going to help carry over into the squat res. You can't do anything like a deadlift that's heavier than a deadlift. Like, you couldn't do a deadlift in a Smith machine and go heavier. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be possible because no. of the way that the mechanics of the, um, the machine works, it just wouldn't work. Um, and likewise, you, you can't have enough bands on the hip for us to get that much weight on there. So, 
Whereas with like a leg press, I bet he leg presses more than he squats. So again, he can really ramp up the leg press and I'll arguably probably improve his squat. And so what I mean by that is there's no kind of super maximal exercise for his deadlift or his hip thrust that you can do uh, to try and improve it. Whereas on the squat and on the on the, the squat pattern, there are exercises he can massively overload um, the weight compared to his squat. That would be my that's my theory of why maybe these things worked or didn't work. Yeah, so I think there's there's, there's it's just like it depends on every, a lot of issues. So I think so you're talking about specific exercises, so specificity. I can't even say that word to us um, in movement, um, which is fine, which kind of backs down into biomechanical knowledge. So obviously he's got a PhD in biomechanics, so he was trying to replicate it as much as possible uh, through his lifting and where he'd be wise and technique wise so the one thing that did piss him off apparently so he only lasted five weeks out of the eight weeks um which is it was a, his training history is completely different to what he was just doing so he's taken him outside his comfort zone massively and stuck him on mm. a, so he's written one of the biggest things was a hat squat machine which absolutely lit up his quads the guy is so posterior chain dominant obviously because of all his hip thrusting deadlifting he's so strong that way and if you've seen him squat he's got a bit of a lane norton squat good he can good morning as much as he can squat so it's a it's he's really really posterior chain dominant so he put him on a hat squat machine and his quads just lit up and he hurt his knee so he's probably not used to going that heavy on his quads um but then again maybe because his squat went up he actually recruited his quads a little bit better through his squat pattern which they would also get recruited better for his squat when he was going through so he kind of net would have been better off with the machine based stuff so that might be might be a way that happened um so and then weirdly so genetics probably might play a part in that and how he recovers from certain things. Obviously, he got injured, um, but I'm going to guess he wasn't. I don't know. He's, he doesn't say much into the variability of rep ranges, but on machine-based lifts, you don't tend to do like single rep stuff, no. like at all. Um, so I think he was. That would have been hard to replicate, instead, especially just for like strength work. So. So actually, he hit. He hit. He did like he did leg presses for two reps. Um, so he, he leg pressed a thousand pounds. That can't have been. That can't have been fun. Yeah, thousand pounds for two reps. Um, hack squatted four fifty for four. So um, yeah, but then he was still like the only thing he could do like heavy deadlifts on was a, he apparently he a, a shrug machine, which I guess yeah okay. But he only did it. Mm. For, he did it for eights. Um, Five and eight, hunt for 580 pounds on a shrug machine deadlifting eights. I was like, obviously, it's not replication of what it is because he can't, he can't hit a deadlift for eight reps at 580 pounds. So it was really, really mm. odd, I'm sure, posting it through. But I think it was just, he must have been just pissed off, I think, for, for his knee. So hack squats, his quads are too weak, so his knees can't handle it they're not too weak or he can't handle volume it may be which is probably the biggest case i know i know i when i switch over to a lot of quad work so a lot of lunge work so unilateral work um i can't handle the volume and my knees start to get like pissed off like hell um which is which is how we're biomechanically made i know he's got really long femurs that could be an issue uh smith machine squats performed in um a manner that transfers well so into his free squat that could have been great because obviously nothing really transferred into his hip thrust and his deadlift Um, yeah I think the variety must have been quite nice for him personally well except he got injured so he got injured (laughs) (laughs) but it kind of leads us into uh, machine weights versus free weights versus barbells I put them as separate I think some people would argue free weights and barbells would be the same, but I'm going to argue against it. I'm going to think free weights is more like dumbbelly stuff. Um, agree? Disagree, Daniel? In those categories? Uh, I agree because... I agree because the barbell is a fixed hand position, whereas dumbbell is not a fixed hand position, so yeah. it does make it different. So, like, if you overhead press with the barbell, like I, I 
I can't really do that very often. Uh, it's always been a shitty lift for me, but if you put two dumbbells in there, I can lift more. Uh, oh, it mate. feels a lot nicer. It feels less R- chunky. Ridiculous. Same with like, bent over rows as well. Like we we just uh, bent over rows. If you have okay. two dumbbells in your hand, you can you can go a lot you can go a lot nicer than you can with a barbell. Um, so yeah, just it's just a better feeling. Um, not to say barbells are useless or shit or anything, but I think for a lot of movements they're they're unnecessary. And we're talking about Olympic bars before anybody chimes in, like and says, "Oh, by the way, Dan, I've got a Doctor Tom's bar, so I can neutrally overhead press all the time." So yeah, we just got one of those, by the way, Dan, with a movable like the movable things from Watson. I'm, I'm sure you have it at the Watson gym, but sick. Why are you not overhead pressing with that? It's yeah. really it's really awkward though as well to kind of get up. Because it's kind of like there. Brilliant. Yeah. Great on an audio show. I'm kind of miming where it is uh, <laughs> sat. It's like, a, like but, a U-shape in front of you. Yeah, it's like a U-shape in front of you. But the, the handles are like movable. So they like roll around. Yeah. Um, but whatever weight you're over pressing, you kind of have to... like You have to either go on a rack. And then it's really awkward to load because it's not long enough to go on a rack. And then it's kind of too heavy to bicep curl all the way up. Annoying. No, yeah, no, we no, do score no. presses with it. That's about it. Yeah. Do <laughs> so I was doing uh, neutral overhead presses with it today, and I found it quite annoying. Yeah. All right, mate. Jesus. Specificity. There you go. Just for powerlifting. Just want to do presses. All right. So let's talk about advantages of all three, Daniel. Advantages: machine-based exercises. Your captain, machine head. Uh. <laughs> well, you can isolate <laughs> the muscle groups a lot easier. Um, that you want to train that's obviously the main benefit of machines um, you could argue that they're safer um, they're also easier to overload your muscle so for example easier to do things like drop sets it's easier to do things like partial reps less chance of injury um, and you, you are because it's safer you can push yourself more on a machine to close to failure knowing that you've usually got a safety mechanism in place um so for example on leg press if you're going for that last rep to eke it out you might as well go for it whereas on a back squat you don't really necessarily want to always try and go for it because you might get crushed or you might not (laughs) trust the safety bars whatever so you have that element of safety you can just flick them on flick the safeties on and off um and also a lot of machines um given their nature are like open chain movements so they don't have a fixed position at the bottom of your joint so things like a leg extension or hamstring curl are really nice exercises to get a real good squeeze and contraction on the muscle um whereas something like a hack squat is a closed chain so that's why brett felt his knees is because it has fixed bottom fixed top and your knees are the things that are going to give way in in essence or have to um come up with some kind of movement uh, whereas leg extension obviously it's just up and down and like dumbbells again they're always usually open chain um, so yeah there's often, you have to think about that with the machines as well about whether it's open or, or yeah, closed because yeah. that, that is important that is very important I talk about that a bit yeah but so with three weights I'd say <sighs> advantages I'd say of injury um, I think they're more movement based stuff obviously with machine weights and barbells um, I tend to use them a hell of a lot more than machines doesn't mean I don't go on machines but being specific to the sport that we do um, in powerlifting we use a barbell for everything so the henceforth I use a barbell for a fucking lot of stuff with my clients I tend to use a lot of kettlebells and a lot of dumbbells I still do and like trap bars mm-hmm. I don't use the Olympic bar very often actually at all really uh, only probably for benching yeah. um, so to cross over into their push ups um, but yeah I don't really in, in client based stuff don't really use barbells that much apart from online clients obviously um, and then oh, I did back squats today with one of my clients that's fine I think people barbaric they, they, I, I've only got two people that I'm training right now who do back squats crazy right um, and then free weights yeah. good work mate good work thanks man <laughs> that means I haven't progressed them well, uh, well enough to get there <laughs> not a good enough coach God's sake, so. God's sake. <laughs> it's like ah, I can't get them there for God's sake so advantages of free weights is uh, you're going to recruit better if you're thinking about building especially bodybuilders you'll tend to use uh, free weights more than so in terms of dumbbells more than barbells um, because you can get a severe bigger pump you got more. I think the classic line is more stabilizing happening with uh, a uh, 
a free weight. I love the uh, the classic PT that says you're using your stabilizer muscles. Sweet man, what are they? Oh great. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I love I love training my I love training my stabilizer muscles, bro. Um, <laughs> They're jacked. Um, yeah, so I think the other thing as if, well. Um, the other thing about free weights is also that if you're someone who goes to loads of different gyms or travels a lot like you pretty much guarantee most places have dumbbells up to a certain number so for clients and stuff like that it's always easier because they can kind of identify like right that's a dumbbell i'm on the 20s or whatever whereas like you say with the barbell it can be a little bit more like i didn't know what the weight plates were uh, go up in some of them were in pounds i wasn't really sure um so that's another sizes whatever yeah i don't feel like these are the like bumper weights these are those weights but yeah, if you want to get a jacked up infraspinatus, then you want to go on your uh, on your dumbbells, right, Dan? So it's good. Disadvantages. Um, Machines. Well, I would actually say, for, I would actually say for free weights, the disadvantage is you have to use your stabilizer muscles. <laughs> Mate, like if they who, who they're doesn't shot want to bits who, and you who, actually can't stabilize. But you just really want your Terry's minor to be kind of on all the time, right? Oh, when I'm on the beach, all I care about is how my Terry's mind is looking. That's all I give a shit about. I mean, yeah. I mean you, um, uh, you've had some absolutely amazing compliments for it, so well done. It's one of those where I think sometimes trainers like throw their client into the free weights. I'm like, right, I want you to just like dumbbell press this, and they feel stupid because they can't dumbbell press 10 kilos or 8 kilos, whatever. And the reality is, actually, if you put them on a machine, they could probably do a lot more. Um, and it's just because it's a new exercise, and it takes a lot of learning. Um to stabilize and to understand exactly what to do so there's an element of free weights that i think people are thrown into it a bit too soon and um again it's it's really harsh but a lot of the time trainers are like oh no we're not using any machines like machines are for pussies i'm not one of those trainers that stands there next to you on a machine it's like well then you're an idiot like you actually could use the machine quite well with a brand new client to help them feel motivated to help them feel safe to help them feel that they're good at something um you know and if you're just a trainer that sits there and counts the reps for them then yeah that's not great you can still coach someone through how to use a machine like there's enough coaching points to go through and think about um so the disadvantages of a machine um is that it is a bit of a fixed movement and it's only really um useful up to a point with for example a client um you wouldn't want to have your client you know forever doing um you know chest press on a machine for example you'd want them to be able to graduate onto doing bench press um and stuff like that and it's only really if you had like a bodybuilding client you'd maybe sit there on a chest press machine with them um whereas things like leg extensions hamstring curls actually have a really good place if people have weaknesses or injuries leg press is obviously good so more leg-based machines i think are a little bit more um okay with with clients um that's just my opinion yeah i mean like it's not a fact it's not a fact but with um even like knee injuries um as well there's a lot of rehab based stuff geared towards even like isometrics of uh leg extensions so like taking both legs up dropping one isometric hold one leg dropping the other isometric hold on that leg that can still be the same for a leg curl machine as well and doing that for a leg mm. press um i think the advantages of being kind of where you're in a fixed movement pattern and you're not allowed to move around it, it you're not using your stabilizer muscles but using the muscles that you're trying to recruit for like rehab which is amazing which is which is one of the things why I don't get the whole oh we always train movements all right cool like, well, but for this for this instance this person needs to rehab and needs to train that muscle to be kind of firing mm. on a little bit and then we can go move um i know you used to do it with uh, a couple of your clients where you'd quite happily sit through go like all right your warm-up you will be doing like extensions and leg curls um for the next mm. like five minutes just splits through them and trust me just come in before and do them and then we'll go and move yeah. so just to make sure they're fired up so um, yeah i like i had a client with um yeah she had like a bad knee injury and it was yeah. just part of her rehab it was just part of it like you need to come in with that knee like going through some movement otherwise we're going to go up there and do 10 minutes of it before we start so you might yeah. as well come in you know what you're doing with it like you say it's safe it's it's, it's you know it's easy for you to do um and yeah i just think that machines get a really really bad rap from people um and it's and it's unwarranted like they really do have a place in training um for a lot a lot of people actually i think there's an argument to be made that actually anyone could benefit from a machine-based you know exercises in their program and like i say we like we always say it's only idiots really that deal in the 
absolutes and dealing the you must do this you can never do this it's like well no you're just showing how narrow-minded you are like there's always a place for everything um in the right in the right format and all whatever um so i think that's important to remember cool yep disadvantage of barbells they start at 20 kilo. well most olympic barbell we're generally talking you get about the, you get calluses on your hands calluses you, calluses. you don't get hands. office hands anymore um but you do yeah. get to buy some gnarly gloves right Dan? <laughs> if you really want to um yeah there's lots of variations mm. of barbells it's hard to travel around with a barbell um <laughs> but they're also yeah I mean, I I despise some of the barbells that I've used. They're absolutely awful. But then there's some that are great. Um, all the Texas bar barbells awesome. Obviously, we've kitted out with just Aleco barbells, which is great because um, we're privileged. It's hard apparently. to pinpoint. Um, it's hard to pinpoint any kind of weaknesses on like one side dominance yeah, with barbells. Um, and also, some for some people, it depends on what stage about their training and, and what their focus is. But it's harder. It's definitely harder to feel and recruit a muscle, I think, with a barbell. It's harder to sure. try and feel how it's supposed to move and to fully shorten it and fully lengthen it because yeah. it's usually a lot of weight on the bar and you're so concerned about dropping it or the grip aspect of it that it's a lot harder for beginners or intermediates, I think, to kind of get that that feel and contraction using a barbell in, in pretty much all exercises, really. Yeah. Um, but, then, but then, but then, when you talk about that, like uh, there are kind of specific exercises that kind of lend themselves to different things. So obviously, deadlifting is usually better with a barbell. Any kind of glute work, I feel, well, not any kind of glute, glute hip thrusts are better with barbells. Um, full stop. Just because of the recruitment factor, um, I'd say those two big time, and probably big massive, basically big movements, squatting, barbell, <laughs> any deadlift work, and hip thrusts. I'm not going to say that barbell bench pressing is better than dumbbell bench pressing it's not um probably the strength recruitment is probably nearly i think comparable but hypertrophic gains within free weights is going to be far greater so i don't think anybody can stand on that it's kind of major muscles no major exercises that use free weights probably yeah you're talking about bench pressing any kind of incline decline a lot of fucking rowing Way before rowing with free weights than barbells, way more. Yeah, yeah. Just with the factors, if anybody listening right now put their hands out in front of them, they would naturally anatomically go into a pronated grip, so overhand grip, and then when they put it by them side, it will go into a neutral grip, so your thumb will be showing up. Um, that means you're rotating as you pull through. You just naturally, Dan. That's not natural. <laughs> And put your thumb up um yeah so <laughs> going into like anatomical neutral you can do that with a dumbbell can't do that with a barbell um so we train movements not muscle groups right dan um well i always functional mate <laughs> <laughs> and then machines fucking yeah what what's the best what's the best exercise on machines um I tend to, I, to, I gen, genuinely think isolation, any isolation, any single muscle group exercise, obviously that's kind of what machines were designed for. Um, but I just think anything that is geared towards like taking you to failure yeah. or trying to push you to a, a point where, you know, you're going to fail. I think they're always better <laughs> off doing machines. Like I hate seeing, I hate, I've seen it before. Like, a, a trainer pushing their client to like to to do drop sets with barbell bench press i'm like mate what are you doing like they're gonna hurt themselves at some point i know you're there but like just like the, the way their shoulders are moving they're trying to press it their bums off their feet are up like it just looks bad whereas like get them on a chest press machine you're gonna get the same amount of of, of movement and and um and weight through the chest and it's just like a safer place to do it um like that's what i think can but, <laughs> it's all like your um, core, man. I, and, and I think, yeah. <laughs> so it's all core. Yeah, exactly. Like you know, I've seen, <laughs> I've seen some people, and they're, and they're there going like, "It's all you, it's all you," and you're like, "No, it's not. You're upright rowing it. Like, just leave him alone." Um, and it's it's that thing for me. It's just a bit excessive. It's just like don't do like triple drop sets on bench press. Um, <laughs> but on a chest press machine, you can do it really comfortably, really easily, and the person can push themselves. Um, so yeah, I think. Uh, so it's, any i think i well, it tends to be like with most most sessions i would argue probably start with a barbell movement 
then go to a few dumbbell movements and then probably finish with a few machine movements. I think that bases on kind of how you how it falls naturally into rep ranges as well. Barbells tend to be lower range. And then you, if like, uh, it's like uh, any kind of normal, well, hopefully a lot of people's uh, training programs look <coughs> that way in terms of they have their heavy stuff then into some sort of supplementary lifting um, and then so you've got like primary exercise secondary exercise and then like auxiliary I guess would be that kind of stuff auxiliary exercises remedial mm. like some sort of rotator cuff work classic people have to do it through but it's going to be yeah, auxiliary exercises I would have thought and they're C exercises so even if it was just three exercises they're doing that's what I'm doing right now Daniel is uh, mm. just three exercises per session and one of, in one of the sessions is a machine based movement it's a hack squat. I'm gonna blow out my. Yeah, I always, always, I always said you trained hard, mate. <laughs> Still doing like over twenty sets, but only on three movements. Fucking crazy. Um, oh, mate, I saw that the other day on your Instagram. You were like, "Yeah, I'm just doing ten sets of squats and eight sets of bench." I was like, "Fucking <laughs> kill me now." I, I couldn't. <laughs> it, was, nah. it took so long. Like, obviously, it didn't. Just, it, it, any, it was it anything was, more than <laughs> anything more than three sets. I'm like, no. It, was, it. it wasn't taking Do three any... sets and drop set at the end. That's four sets. <laughs> it took a while, and obviously I had to do a couple of build-up sets to get to the ones I was meant to be lifting, and it was just like, oh god, <laughs> that was like eight working sets. The bench press was ten sets, but that wow. was, that included like my warm-up ish. Yeah, that was long. Nah, that was fucking long, a, guys. Yeah, so that leads into kind of if you're a gym owner, I guess that can lead into space as well. Negative Mm. machines take up a hell of a lot of fucking room. Um, One of the biggest arguments that we've always had in the space that I train out of most, uh, um, we don't have a lot of machines because of it's a space issue. The gym's not gym's not small, but it's not massive, and we'd it kind of needs to be fitted out with a lot of other kit. So yeah, in terms of obviously free weights and barbells, you can have way more of them. And free weights, you can have fuck tons of them, like kettlebells, mm. dumbbells. We've got three sets essentially, and then two, two sets of kettlebells. So you can just chuck around, take them anywhere on the gym floor. Boom. That's why I would say it has to be a necessity for you to learn your movements and learn how to load them properly. So you can take your session, if you're a PT, take your session anywhere and go to like literally a corner in the gym when it's fucking busy. Mm. We've done it. And be like, actually, this is just a Mia's zone. We said, take a few kettlebells, take our dumbbells, and we'll be able to do everything here. That was when we first started, Dan, and we had to do it in peak time when we were about there at like a seven, like, I don't know, what was it, like six or seven p.m. And it was awful. And we were just like, I'm going to go in this corner. Um, and just kind of mark out my territory. Yeah, and then, and then, as, and then, and then as, we, as, as we got into the gym there and, they, and everyone knew we were the big dogs, we literally walk in there and be like, we're here, bang, this is my spot. <laughs> this is it. I'm using all this equipment. Like we used to just get the prime spot and be like, right, you here? Yeah, I'm here. You there? Yeah, you're there. Yeah. Right, cool. And we used to just set up camp there and have like four clients back to back and be like, this is where we're staying. It was also near, that's just wrong. nearest the window, so we got some daylight. Would be uh, exactly. <laughs> Dan needed it. Oh, I miss those days, mate. I do sometimes miss those days. You know, you just scroll in and be like, "Do you want me to get you coffee?" I'm like, "Oh, mate, yeah, get me some coffee. That'd be great." And the next day, I'd be like, "Do you want to get coffee?" Yeah, I'll go and get you a coffee, yeah, Tom. Yeah, mate. Those days, those days are long gone, mate. Long gone. Wow. I have to move to Bath. Fuck that. Um, yeah. So in terms of, there's also regression and progression. Where would you argue this? Because this is this this could be big um, in terms of progression, regression, machines to free weights to barbells, vice versa. Mm. How would you map it out? I think as a really oversimplified way of looking at it, it would be oh yeah, massively. <laughs> it would be you know you would progress from machines to free weights to barbell, and then you would regress from barbell to dumbbell to machine. Um, so, for example, if someone's injured. Um, most people, most physios and most smart people would probably test the joint or the muscle group through a good range of motion on a machine and make sure that everything felt good when it was in isolation. They go, right, there's nothing wrong with that muscle per se now or that joint because we've tested in isolation. Now let's move on to a movement-based thing. So again, it would be dumbbell because it's easier um, to control uh, and it's easier to test the movement while they're holding a, or a kettlebell, whatever it might be, a free weight. Um, 
and then go back into a barbell because again like we talked about with that fixed position of the hands or the feet or whatever um all of a sudden you know more things can go wrong so that was uh, grossly oversimplified but that's the way i would say for most people and i think from working in football as well i'd say that's the same thing it's kind of like if you had someone coming back from an acl injury the physios would take them through isolation leg extension hamstring curl they would then go on to you know step up body weight or whatever it would be like on a small step then it would be with a little weight um and then all the, they go through all these sorts of things single leg box squats all these sorts of things over over time and then they would start doing double leg squats because they want to make sure that knee is as strong as the other knee or as it strong as it was um you know you wouldn't just chuck someone back into squatting um because they're gonna have an asymmetry there and you need to get that joint or that muscle group up to the same standard as the other one um so that's yeah oversimplified but that would be my go-to way of thinking about it i think i'd pretty much concur um the only ones you can like mix around with i think um so if, if i think a lot, a lot of people's go to obviously we're talking about probably movement progressions regressions which is the smart way of looking at it um um, but a lot of people will look at loading as a progression and regression. So free weights to barbell is a natural progression because of loading. Um, mm. because it, you can lift more on a barbell. That's just heavy. Yeah. yeah. That's one of the, uh, one of the things that I would say for like moving on for kettlebell deadlifts, everybody can kettlebell deadlift 40 kilos before they move on to barbell deadlifting. Um, that is my kind of rule of thumb, um, mm. with my clients. Um, if they if they can't, then they're not then they're not touching it. So that's that's just what I do. Um, yeah, there's other other kinds of progression regression. So points of contact as well. So obviously with machine based stuff, you've got loads of kind of points of contact that you're kind of locked in. You're probably either seated or laying or doing something like that. So you've got lots of proprioceptive mm. feedback from your environment. Um, so again, with the barbell, you're only because you're gripping it with two hands. You're only going to have like two, like one set of limbs doing something with proprioceptive feedback. Mm. And the free weight thing can be a massive open fucking kettle of fish there. So that's another way of looking at it as well. So yeah, in terms of everything, I think do all three. Don't be scared of doing one. Learn yeah. your learn your movement patterns. There's no reason why machines should not be used in people's programs, either for I wouldn't I wouldn't base it around lots of strength work, but you can if you really wanted to. I wouldn't. I'd think there's better things to do. But certainly if you're getting a pump, hypertrophy and rehab, amazing. Really, really good. Um even warming up. Free weights, you know where you're at with that. Barbells, just learn how to fucking do it properly. We see enough <laughs> ugly techniques um going around. And learn what like the other barbells are for if they're in the gym, if you've got lots of like accessory bars learn about them go google them fucking there'll be a youtube video up there somewhere um they're great to use i think i think you'd rather see you'd rather see a trainer like taking one of their clients through leg press but absolutely doing it properly to the letter knowing what they're doing than try and take them through a back squat that just looks horrendous and trying to you know sometimes people just aren't ready for that like Mm. and, and i think sometimes trainers are just in this mindset of like oh They've got a squat. They've got a squat. They've got a squat, and you're like, no, they don't Actually, have to squat. Yeah. I got like, asked that exact question last week in one of my seminars, and uh, he was like, Tom, does everybody need to squat? In uh, basically, just need to. And I was like, and I was like, no, of course not. Why? I was like, who needs to squat? He's like, not even. I was like, powerlifters need to squat. That's it. Strong men it's need to bro, squat. No, like, all right, but for getting in and out of their chair, and I was like, okay, but it's not like a full range squat. They, they, it's like a squat, have a little chill, and then get up. And you could argue, actually, I could just kind of like roll forward and then rock. good morning. <laughs> so and just let your hips shoot up and then go straight into a massive hinge. Um, I was like, you yeah. don't need to do a, and I, I guess they were concurring at a, like some sort of load. I was like, you can still vary it. You can do a variation of a squat and get them better at squatting. Brett Contreras got better at squatting. He didn't squat. So, did lots of weird, weird lifts. Technically. Technically, he kind of did, but yeah. Um, Yeah, no, I don't think everybody should have to squat. Not everybody should have to deadlift. Whatever. Whatever they came up with. It's it's kind of losing sight of their goal. It's just another. But yeah, that's another fucking topic. All right. Um... (laughs) I did promise um, there's a few guys that when I think two, three, maybe even fucking four weeks ago now, um, I did a course called Boxology, um, 
where I was invited to come and critique um, a brand new boxing course for personal trainers. So it is Boxology. It's run by um, Greg Williams and Kathy Brown, um, their husband and wife. Dan knows both of them. Uh, they both work at Third Space. Um, Kathy is an ex-world like world champion boxer, I believe. You, I know, definitely European, probably like world champion. Mm. She's pretty good at boxing. Um, and Greg is a pretty shit hot boxing coach. Um, has done multiple kind of stuff with white collar fights and uh, works really well with general pop. So they've created like an app, like this book, and three different stages of levels for like basically P. I'd say so it's beginner, intermediate, advanced, level one, level two, level three. I was invited to do the the fly of like uh, the first one of the level one. I'd never boxed in my life ever no idea what I was doing um, it showed um, yeah it was good though like for people who are PTing and do pad work now I would kind of me, me and Dan never did any pad work or anything I, I, I think there are qualifications but you kind of just have to be just signed off by the I think you're allowed to do it but I would I would urge somebody to go do a qualification in some sort of pad work and if boxology is the one you want to go do I thought it was great like I obviously I didn't spend much time going over anatomy, physiology, anything like that because I didn't need to. Um, but there was just technique and pad work and being able to enable it to. If I wanted to bring it into Metcon, that'd be great. Um, I've actually started doing some boxing off the back of it because it was quite cool. Um, it also released up my back, which is great. I think it's probably just rotating more than anything else. But mm. it was, yeah, it was absolutely quite nice. Um, but yeah, it was taught pretty well. It was like two days. It's a hell of a lot of practical stuff. So people, it's not going to be fucking snoring as hell. If you came to one of my seminars, that's when it's snoring as hell. Um, yep. <laughs> no, I move a lot. Um, but they were going a lot of practical work, a lot of pad work. So you got to kind of, you kind of keep kept on switching between coach and client the whole time. So you got to learn, like on the first one, you're learning about your jab, your right hook and... No, your left and right hook and a right cross, which is pretty cool. I had no idea what any of those were before, apart from a jab, but um, and then you learn in like footwork, um, how to wrap from like basic stuff like that. Um, and they also talk, they do pad work with your client, and also talk about and do a section on how to do bag work as well, which apparently no other uh, boxing course does. So go look it up. Kathy Brown, Greg Williams, Boxology, they've got Instagram. Go look at that stuff. I'm sure I tagged them in it if they're on that. But yeah, if you're doing a PT, look out for some of their courses. I know Third Space will be probably having some sort of ex- exclusivity for a while. Um, but if you end up doing the level two, yours truly might be teaching the SNC. So it might be fun. Unlikely. <laughs> Unlikely. <laughs> But I might be there, yeah. Um, or I might be coming back on the, co- the level one courses to talk about their uh, strength and conditioning for that. Um, but yeah, the, apparently they want me for the S and C stuff, so it'd be cool. Desperate, obviously. Clearly desperate. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right, Dan. That's a bit of that. Skinny coffee. Ooh, that sounds like bollocks. Probably because it is. Stupid things on the internet this week. Oh, God, yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, it's just a new product that has come out and it's got more calories in than a black coffee and less caffeine and I just think, what the... And probably about 20 million times the price. Um, and it's just like, yeah, another one of the... It's like the, the tea, isn't it? The detox tea or whatever that shit was. And it's just like... A black coffee is minimal calories as it is. Like, I don't understand it. I just think it is baffling to me how people fall for it. But of course, you put the word skinny in front of it, skinny coffee, <laughs> like, boom, like, sell it. And it's it's just so frustrating because they're not educating people as to why or how it works. It's probably like, you have a coffee instead of your breakfast and you'll lose weight. Oh, yeah, no fucking shit, Sherlock. Mm. Um, yeah, and it's just like, why buy the product skinny coffee? Just buy a black coffee every morning. Uh, I'm sure it's more, like I said, it's more expensive than a normal coffee. Um, I don't know the ins and outs of it. I just saw it advertised. I was just like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, this is ridiculous now. Um, and yeah. It was in Holland Barrett today when I went in. I was just like, what is that shit? Um, yeah, and then I saw someone, I'm sure someone had an infograph. I can't remember who it was now, but I'm sure I saw them. And they said, oh, no, it was uh, Stephen Rowe, I think. Stephen Rowe, yeah. And he um, basically said, 
yeah, I had more calories in than a black coffee and less caffeine. So I was like, brilliant. It's not even a good coffee then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. it, basically. I was, uh, that was all I wanted to say. So I've got, I got the ingredients. So it um, contains 63 milligrams of coffee, caffeine. So it, uh, it's, it's, it says less than a traditional cup of coffee. Okay, brilliant. Wonderful. Um, it's got ground coffee in the ingredients. <laughs> ground cream coffee, bean extract, green tea extract... And then load of other shit. Um, it's got green tea extract. Brilliant, it's coffee. I don't want green yeah. tea. In there. So six calories per serving. It's just fucking coffee, really. Oh, oh but uh, then we got the uh, skinny coffee night edition. Um, <laughs> it's got spirulina in it. What's that? Decaf coffee. Decaffeinated graphite. <laughs> decaf coffee, <laughs> fennel, spirulina, and. Something I can't even pronounce. Something that and that's why they're trying to charge all this money for it because they put those extra things in the, there which but, don't, do anything, yeah, don't do anything either. The, the night coffee is actually has, has got seven calories in it, so it's gone, gone up. Oh, wow. But, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> but the, the the interesting thing is on the, the FAQs, they do have, uh, what should I eat whilst taking skinny coffee? Um, we designed a flexible eating plan. No shit. So to, to lose weight on, on skinny coffee, you've got to follow their plan. They do put a uh, little disclaimer, mm. though. Although skinny skinny coffee will work without diet and exercise, we strongly recommend following our free programs to achieve maximum no results. Also, also the free programs you only get after you paid for the content, like pay for the product. Mm. So, i.e., you get free programs after you pay for them. Sweet. Um, yeah, for an overall health lifestyle. No, that's just bullshit. Um, I'm, I guarantee if anybody's bought that. And can, can you do a calorie count on your uh, diet plan that you've been given, please? And just see how restrictive it is. Because they oh, say... Someone's, someone who listens, someone's mum or sister or something would have bought it. Yeah. So, yeah, let us know. <laughs> is that like, they, they say that they, it isn't based on severely restricting calories like other harmful diets. So they're probably, they're just restricted, not severely restricted. So it might take a mm. little bit while. Um, yeah. But yeah, stupid things, Dan. Oh, God, yeah. It's quite funny. Um, so Summit was doing the rounds. Um, so it actually got posted out by um, a site called Complementary Training. Have you heard of those, Dan? No. No. Um, it's a chap that I, I really like. Um, so their, their stuff's really... If, if it's, it's quite wordy, if you don't like wordy things, then don't go on it. It's uh, a bit of a nerd site uh, for basically rep ranges and muscular fatigue and... Mm, looking at all that kind of percentages and stuff but it's really cool um but he also posted out um about atletico madrid and i'm not too sure how recent this is but it it's definitely in the last three years i think i think um, I, I think i've seen yeah i've seen it before yeah um but it was an atletico madrid like training session but also complimentary training did um give a re- kind of review of of did they agree with it? Um, whether they're going crazy? What do you think, Dan? So this guy's a highly fucking. He's like uh, I don't know, PhD of some sort. Um, no, it was shit. like I think on the on the post that you sent me the, the link. It was basically it's like saying, look, this. They basically went through all the scenarios that could have occurred for it to be yeah. like somewhat admissible. Is that the right word? Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was kind of like, okay, well, you know, it could have been this. Like they were like, it's just a snapshot of a training session. We don't know what the objectives are. We're not familiar with what's been done before or after this. So if it's a warm up, this could be a second strength workout of the week, um, and that's why it's in a circuit. Or it could be like a recovery session after a game. We don't know. Um, you have to assume all those things could be correct. Um, but either way, they kind of looked at it and were just like, it's pretty much still a br- big joke, really. <laughs> uh, they they have them doing some horrific things like S&C stuff that they just look so stupid and like, like you say the fact that they do it with a camera there it's just like a bit stupid <laughs> but, yeah. um, like things like one of them was like a guy as a coach they're holding a ball up just holding a ball and the players had to jump and head it off his hand and then land on like a mat so it's like and land on their feet on the mat so they're like more likely to injure their knee or ankle landing on the mat because they weren't doing diving headers or anything don't no no they're just doing normal running head the ball off my hand <laughs> uh, anyway it's really hard to explain what was going on but we'll post a link in the uh, in the push ball legs group and and have a look because it is quite funny 
Um, and is. like I said, when I was in football, like you saw some things, but Jesus Christ, nothing like this. No. Um, yeah. It's a bit weird, isn't it? It's a bit odd. Like there's some like Bozuble work, which we're always a great fan of. Um, Love work some there, uh, <laughs> some squat work in there. I think it was just that. I think they've tried to do some kind of ACL PCL landing mechanic work there, but not really succeeded. Um, <laughs> which I, I, it's it's a it's a weird thing to try and do. You got to you kind of got to know what you're doing when you're doing some of the uh, the knee ligament like rehab or prehab prehab is what they would call it, right? Um, to make them stronger, all that landing mechanics. And then there was just like shitty stuff like T Rex rows and really poor poorly done like planks and press ups and it was just oh, just it's just badly like executed. I don't get it. Like if if it was. If if he put an ounce of effort into just coaching them, mm, it's it's just embarrassing. It doesn't show uh, football or S and C in football in a great light. Yeah, to be honest, a good light at all. Bear in mind, he might just be like just some sort of conditioning coach. But even that, like, he's a physical prep coach. Well, I I I, th- I think I think to be honest, from people I know in the industry, if they were asked to do a session like that, they just would never have done anything like that. Which makes yeah. me think he is just a coach or something. He's yeah. been told to like by a physio do some of these exercises or whatever, and, and he's just done them. Um, yeah, it's just dreadful. <laughs> but you know that's what happens when you have these footballers that are worth millions of pounds and earn millions of pounds a year. Yeah, you you just don't fine tune them or anything. You just let them do what they want. <laughs> But then, then, then bad things happen. So if they do what they want, then it's then it's our fault. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Daniel. Any news your end team box wise before we wrap this bad boy? No, no, no news. No news. No news. It's good news um, from us. So yeah, we're uh, we're all chilled out. We're just cracking on as always. And um, yeah, there'll be a few things to announce. I'm sure in the in the weeks or months to come. But for now. We're all good. Wonderful. Um, my push pull legs programming group is now entering their strength phase. What well I'm forgetting through their hypertrophy phase. Um, they're f- five weeks in. Two rep max on leg press. Here we go. Yeah, there we go. They're ramping up. So this should be fun. Um, yeah, a lot of them were crying after hypertrophy phase. So it was good. And they're ramping up for four weeks and then test. So see see what brutal uh, eight week. I don't know eight. I'd end up doing nine weeks because I'm that nice a guy. I gave him nine weeks of free programming. See what you guys missed out on uh, if you didn't get on it. Um, yeah, nine weeks of free program. They've got some programs to keep, basically from me. They can follow them again. They can fuck me off right now and just be like, I'm just gonna rerun this and rerun this. It probably won't be fantastic if they do, but yeah, you could do that. Cool. I think that's the end of that, Dan. All right. Um, obviously, go follow us on all the Instagram. Give us a like. Give us a share. Go. Uh, I, I haven't actually checked. Have we got any more ratings? We always got a hand for ratings. If you haven't, if you haven't <laughs> done it, why haven't you done it? Please do it. Yeah. Then uh, do iTunes, SoundCloud. I, I mean, I haven't. I mean, I haven't. And Tom hasn't. We wouldn't rate our own podcast. That's but. just ridiculous. Um, we did. Yeah. We, we did get like a rating on Stitcher as well, which I I was just going for like through all of like the podcast things that we we're apparently on, and <laughs> I was like, oh, look, Stitcher's on there, cool. Yes, um, yeah, we got we got one rating from Stitcher. It was very odd. Never. I don't think anybody else has used used Stitcher. I think we maybe have like one listener. I think who uses it. Well, at least a listener you, though, right? Yeah, exactly. One hundred percent. So. so. <laughs> Turn it off. All right, um, we will catch you next week, guys. Take care. Catch you later.